Hello, and welcome to Build, Lead, Succeed, the official podcast of the National Association of Women in Construction. I'm Angela Highland, and I've got something special for you today. Last month, I spent some time at the annual conference for NAWIC and decided to attend a presentation and panel discussion about diversity, equity, and inclusion. You may have noticed that the topic of DEI is trending in a big way. It seems to be everywhere. It is a big subject, a very controversial subject, And what I heard and experienced at that 90-minute session moved me, so much so that I was compelled to seek out the women who were responsible for putting this panel together and interview them. I was really curious to get their takeaways from the panel and open up an informal discussion about their own personal stories and their journeys to becoming leaders in this ongoing conversation of equity for all. These women are powerful and passionate, and I'm so grateful they gave me a few minutes at the end of a very long day. Take a listen, and I'll be back after to give you my closing thoughts. Hello, everyone. This is Angela Highland, CIT. With the National Association of Women in Construction, we are here with Build, Lead, and Succeed the new NAWIC podcast. We are after hours. It has been a long day. We are day two into the annual conference 2021 from Charlotte, North Carolina. And right now I am sitting with three amazing women who have established the DE&I committee for NAWIC, diversity, equity, and inclusion. With me, I have this year's chair, Christy Stewart, CIT. I have co-chair, Jennifer Morales, and Jerry Harris, who is so involved. Today, we had an amazing panel uh, at the end of our day where we had a group of women on the stage, very diverse group, talking about this subject. It was really powerful. We heard a lot of stories, a lot of vulnerability. And I thought it would be really neat to just kind of get everybody together at the end of the day and talk about it, get some takeaways from the day, talk about the year, lessons learned from the year, and talk about the future of this very important committee moving forward into the next year and seeing maybe what some plans are coming up, uh, and how we feel like we can add impact to NAWIC moving forward. So I want to hear from the ladies. Christy Stewart, welcome. Thank you, Angela. Um, so how long have you been with NAWIC? So I joined NAWIC in the early 2000s in the what, what used to be Region 3, which is now the Southeast region in the Tallahassee chapter. And I had been invited to go to a meeting for over a year before I actually went to a meeting. 
And then I went to the meeting and was like, where's the bar? <laughs> it was at that point, you know, in my life that that's kind of where it was. So we would go to the meetings. We would go to the bar. We would enjoy. We would have a good time. I've met amazing women, some that will be lifelong connections. I have built relationships and increased my networking resources. But it wasn't until within the last five years that I really started looking at what NAWIC actually is about and means to me. And it is about those relationships and those connections. <clears throat> the friendships are the perks. That's, that is my bonus. My circle is my bonus. But it is so nice to be able to, I'm excited about the year ahead because I have an opportunity to be able to work with more amazing women. So it's going to be able to expand my journey. Mm. But this past year has been absolutely, one word just doesn't really sum it up. Amazing doesn't capture what this year has been for me on this learning journey because we're all doing this together. And every call that we have, we have those conversations. Uh, it's a safe place. It has, and it feels like it's always been a safe place. I, I, I think back and reflect on when we were a task force and when our goal was to become a committee and now we're a committee and it's like, okay, now we have even better, bigger goals. What brought you here to DE&I? What made you say, I want to choose that as my committee? George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. When all of those things started happening for me and my husband and I started having those conversations at home mm -hmm. and he had been part of the uh, diversity, equity and inclusion committee through where he works for a municipality. So he had served on a board for a few years. So we started having those conversations and I realized there were so many things I didn't know. And when I said to him, wow, I didn't realize this. How social security was different for people of color back in the day. I mean, it's all of the, the things that weren't taught in the history books. And <laughs> it was really um, my... My turning point was when I said to him, wow, I didn't know that. And he said, why? And I said, because that wasn't the history book stopped, you know, at like World War II or whatever. Mm -hmm. I didn't this. They don't teach this. And he said, why? He said, you're old enough now. You can learn it. Mm -hmm. And so then that was when I started, you know what? I've got two bonus kids. I have two grandkids that are coming up. My husband is mixed race. I want to be able to have 
those conversations with him and know what I'm talking about. I want to have those with my friends and be able to ask those questions and understand, you know, when they're sharing those things with me. And so it was, it was the turning point for me. Mm. When I saw what happened with George Floyd and I heard about Breonna Taylor's story, I did not, I saw them, I saw George Floyd as a black man, as a black son, as a black brother. I mean, he, I saw my brothers there. And so, yeah. Yeah, it touches you. And uh, I think when it, one of the first stories that got to me was with Sandra Bland out in Texas. This woman left Illinois to get away from a lot of the strife that she had and a lot of the racial problems that she was having. She went to Texas to start over. She had gotten a new job and she just rolled into town and she was pulled over and she got a cop with a lot of biases. It started off pretty friendly, but it spiraled out of control. She ended up in jail. She committed suicide two days later. And there's a lot more to the story, but it just, it really shows you the impact and the injustice, but also how we deal with each other as people and the assumptions that we make about people based on our own biases, right? As we are raised, a lot of the, what I call social programming as we're grown and how we deal with each other. So I think it's an important conversation to have. That's why I wanted to get here. So I wanna to talk to Jennifer Morales uh, because you are the incoming chair for DE&I this coming year. I know you've put in a lot of work along with Christy. The two of you have made incredible inroads for this committee to move forward. So tell me a little bit about you. When did you start with NAWIC? And how did you get on this well, I committee? I first have to thank Christy for her tremendous leadership while we were still a task force, getting us all together. And honestly, being an ally and having that open conversation at a time where there was so much social injustice and where she may have been more inclined to feel comfortable and just say, let's not, you know, let's not open that can of worms and let's not have that conversation just now, but she went right in and um, that I'm very thankful for. And uh, she's my sister, mm -hmm. just like Jerry is. Once you know Christy, I think you are her sister. Yes. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> I started with NAWIC in 2017 um, by one of my co-workers. She had introduced me and invited me to one of the meetings. And it took me one meeting for me to say, I'm going to sign on. And I did. And at that time, we were able to have three free meetings, right? <laughs> to test it out, yeah. to see if what we liked, what it was. The following meeting after that was Valentine's Day. And I remember my husband saying, you're going to spend Valentine's Day with women that you don't even know instead of me. And I said, yeah, I love it. 
Um, but since then, it's been something that I could never, you know, um, not not really focus on. Um, what has started me on this DEI journey has always been from young, where I felt like it was just a calling, and for me, that calling was moving into a new neighborhood at the age of five, where I had no one in the neighborhood that I knew. And I was trying to make friends with children on the block. And the only two friends that I had that I was successful at making, you know, inroads with was uh, two children that um, were, uh, had uh, Down syndrome, Gus and Sarah. And they really touched me because they were much older than me, but they, they really, you know, took me on. And then the other kids in the neighborhood started, you know, to be my friends. And, and that's how it all started. And then I also noticed one thing. My great-grandmother, who had came to visit with us at that time since we were new to the neighborhood, my mom was pregnant. She was about to give birth to my brother. And my great-grandmother did not know any English, but she was sleeping in my driveway. And... Uh, our neighbor across the street, Agnes, she uh, made eye contact with her and Agnes was talking to her in English and my great grandmother was talking to her in Spanish and they became friends instantaneously. They did not, they did not need to speak the same language, but just know you are new in the neighborhood. You have a little, you know, girl with you. How can I help you? I don't see the parents. So for me, these are the, the, the small steps that really led me to be just awakened at that point. And I was only five. It's an open heart, right? You have an open heart for people, regardless of what they look like, where they come from, who they love, any of it. You have an open heart for people. And I think that a lot of inequality comes from people being closed off and not accepting and the fear of different or fear of other. So I hear that time and time again, whenever we have conversations, to me, that's what I see. You either are an open person and you don't see color. You don't see, I mean, it's good to honor other cultures and honor that because I don't think, I think sometimes you can, that can cross a line when you say, well, I don't see color. I think you should, because that honors a culture and a color and a people that are different, And but you're open to that diversity. It's beautiful. We're all different and we're bringing gifts to the table. And so I think that that's what's so wonderful. And I, I wish everybody was like that. But what I've learned is that there are a lot of people that fear that. They get very closed off to anything that's different than them. So I think through stories that I've heard from you, I think that's what I... I see in you so much that you embrace that, right? Yes. So Jerry Harris, I want to hear from you because you are clearly a leader on this team. And I want to know a little bit about you and your background. I would like the people out there in podcast land to hear from you. So tell us a little bit about you. When did you join NAWIC and why did you get on this committee? Thank you, Angela. I joined NAWIC 
in maybe 2015. I was involved prior to that, but actually became fully committed and wholeheartedly engaged after around 2015 with my Las Vegas chapter, which is part of the Pacific Southwest region. And I became active in the chapter because when I was in high school, college in Chicago, the company that I worked for, the woman was highly involved with many industry groups like NAWIC and others. So it was just destined for me to know how to follow that model. And it was easy because um, in Las Vegas, the chapter was very active and doing a lot of things to help the community. And the reason that I became involved with the NAWIC DE&I task force originally is because in 2019, at this same event, the annual conference, there was a panel discussion on diversity and inclusion in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And at that event, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. And I looked around and I asked some of my members that had been a member, been members of NAWIC for many, many years, highly regarded, past national chapter, regional presidents. I said, is what I'm observing common that there are not a lot of women of color at this meeting and in this association? And they said, yes, Jerry, that's true. So I was troubled and decided to speak up. And I, at that time, I made an appeal. I made an appeal to the leadership to say, as women, can we make a commitment to do something about this, to improve the level of inclusion for women of color in this association? And I think the the appeal was heard. And because we're here today, not only was it heard, but it was taken to heart and it was acted on. Because the leadership from then and now have continually made steps to be more inclusive, be more inclusive leaders. Um, And then of course, the occurrences that Christy spoke of in 2020, where George Floyd was killed and the world was sitting still at home because of COVID in front of their televisions. Mm -hmm. And it was more visible. It's not that it was a new occurrence. Mm -mm, It was just more visible. To many, many people. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Jerry. It is. Yeah, yes. I mean that and that that is another reason why I love her because things like that mm-hmm. nothing right. new. You don't think there about are that. so many names. The list is long. It, it is insanely it is. long. And it, you feel I feel guilty because you asked me the question what started me and I started with George Floyd. There yeah, but that's just been... a trigger, right? Because then all of a sudden it was on everybody's radar. Right. And and uh, there was a very long history, but it was sort of in the background, right? And all of a sudden now it is in front of us and we have and we can't ignore it any longer nor should we. And there has to be something. So 
Yeah, I agree with you. Well, the something, and again, the something is the awareness, accountability, and action. So awareness alone does not lead to action nor accountability. But again, the leadership of this association with the involvement and commitment that was made through first the task force and now this committee has demonstrated that it is serious mm-hmm. about taking action to have more inclusivity in this association. I agree. And I think that it is, and it is prepared to take on the difficult conversations that are coming out of it. Because what we can all recognize here in this after hours conversation is, is that this is a difficult conversation for some. We saw that today in the poll that you did, which I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we did a poll today in the uh, panel discussion that addressed people in their feelings. It really put a little bit of a finger on the pulse, not a big finger, but a little bit, it tested the temperature a little bit. And you were able to really see where everybody was at. And I think it was a really important thing to do today um, that it is a bigger conversation that maybe people don't want to have, but I think it is happening anyway. And we've seen that there are people that want to question the conversation. But Jen Morales and I have had discussions about this where it's like, these are the people, even though they're the hard conversations, these are the exact people we need to have the conversations with. You don't need to change the mind of the people that are in, right? That think, yes, DE&I is important. Even though that they might not really understand it all, but they were like, yes, I'm in. Those aren't the people that need to have the conversation people that need to have the conversation are the people that don't want to have it. But they keep coming back. They keep attending because they're trying to understand it. I really believe they want to understand, even though they challenge it every step of the way, I think that they want to have the conversation and that's a great way to open the door and it's going to be hard. But it seems like any progressive conversation that we've ever had to have has been hard. But not... there have been several members here at the conference this, this week, mm-hmm. many that have opened up to me. And one example that I share is a white female who said, you know, it's not that I wasn't aware. It was just not my reality. Right. I grew up and what she realized and shared was that she grew up in her suburban family home mm-hmm. um, under her parents And there was never a conversation, never a reason or opportunity to have a conversation. But then once she became exposed to this conversation through NAWIC, it opened her eyes and her heart to many different things. Mm -hmm. And now she is fully engaged. She's a part of the committee Mm -hmm. and um, is really very happy to be a part of the conversation because what she said is that she just wasn't aware. Mm -hmm. And so as we all grow up in our own respective corners of the world, Mm -hmm. in our own respective realities, they are what they are. But as we come together, the conversation may not even be hard. It's just having the willingness, Mm. the curiosity, and the patience Mm. with self and others to have the conversation to Mm. learn more. I love that. I love that. So today, you guys have this panel. Uh, We had several members on the panel, very diverse 
uh, having the conversation about what it means to have DEI in the workplace. So, Christy, for you, what was your big takeaway from today from this panel? I think the panel today was able to, it was an opener for many of our members to be able to see that we are aware and we are having these conversations. It's also, um, I think, a way that connected many of us because as Pill Joe said, she didn't feel alone mm. anymore. And we, we don't know what each other are going through. I, I say it all the time, we don't know what we don't know, but everyone is fighting demons of their own. We don't know. And so, you know, when Jerry gets up there and she talks about her experiences and she shares those things, and I'm sitting in the audience and I'm like, wow, mm -hmm. I didn't see that that way. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't think about that that way. It's continual learning. Absolutely it is. Mm -hmm. And again, it's eye opening. Mm -hmm. And then it draws me in. I want to hear more of Jerry's story. We all have those story. stories. Absolutely, right. we do. Because we've all had those barriers. We, we have. all face those. They're they're different barriers. They're differences. And I think it's important to hear stories from people that feel like they've been excluded, whether you are a woman in construction in a male populated industry, whether you are a woman of color whether you are a, a person with a disability that feels like they don't fit in. There's so, there's just thousands of stories. Uh, I feel like sometimes we could just keep, keep talking about those. Yes. So I think it was really important today. And that's what really came through that there is, it's just, we said it earlier. It's a, it's a big juicy onion with lots and lots of layers that needs to be peeled back and continually peeled back. And the more you peel, the more you find so much going on. So from this panel today, Jennifer, coming in as chair, what did you see today that's going to help you over the next year take DE&I to the next level? Well, the first thing is we really need to embrace who we are in, in our space and where we are in this time in order for us to be able to be open-minded and learn, right? And so um, what, what as a committee we'd like to focus on next year is education. That's part of our strategy. The way that we get there is really by looking within ourselves, identifying what are those biases and then having the empathy within ourselves to say, you know what, I need to have this, this grace that 
this is a process for, for us all. And in order for me to be open enough to understand Christie's, you know, individuality, I need to be able to give myself grace and time to be able to accept her for who she is, right? But that comes with me first. So that's what we really see tonight at our panel is transforming the construction industry within. That perpetuates itself because once you start to have that confidence in yourself and also have that grace within yourself, then you're able to do so with your friends and family, with your, your community, outside of your community, trying to get to know newer communities. And, and your then, career. And exactly, with it goes to your family. career. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It just keeps going. It's like exactly. a ripple. Exactly. So it's just like dropping that stone, right? In mm-hmm. a pond, you're going to be causing mm-hmm. ripples. And that ripple can be magnified, but it's just the amount of, of, of force that you do you know, in throwing that stone into that pond. And that force is only controlled by you. So. Mm. The title of this year's conference was Connect, Collaborate, and Construct. That's right. So that really, in a nutshell, when I thought about it, speaks to what we're doing here and what the purpose is. It is for us to connect um, our different cultures, our different perspectives, and our different identities. Connect on that with compassion. And we can do that through collaborating, which is just talking. And it may take other efforts and look different other than just talking because it really is to connect the head and heart into action, into working, Mm -hmm. which is what this leadership and this association has now done. It's it's putting it to work. It's more than just a talk, it's the walk now, right? And then, which means that it will be the construction. We are constructing what this will look like in the future. I had my daughter and my granddaughter here. That is our future. Not just them, but others that will come along. So it is to connect, collaborate, and construct. That is so powerful. That was said today, to do it within ourselves so that we can do it into our communities. Absolutely. Wow. Well, this is quite the trio of ladies. I'm really happy that we did this. I want to thank each and every one of you that for coming here after hours and after dinner and wine to come and come together and have this great conversation. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the year ahead and continuing this conversation. I always enjoy the hard conversations because I think they're important. Mm-hmm. I think good things always come out of challenges and I really appreciate the work that you ladies are putting in on this committee Christy thank you for your service oh absolutely you're incredible your heart is huge and golden I could have done it without these two but I wouldn't have wanted to I mean it truly truly has been it's it has changed my life Mm. And it's not just from the things that I've learned. Honestly. Yes. Wonderful. It is. Jennifer, I can't tell you, um, as a a dear friend and a sister, how proud I am that you have taken this on. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do in the future. I think it's going to be bright. This next year is going to be powerful. 
Yes. So bright, we're going to have to wear shades. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Jerry, I'm thrilled to meet you and have you here. Your insights are gold. They are gold. Thank you so much, all three of you. I hope you enjoy the rest of this conference. And I want to celebrate all of you for the work that you've done. And uh, yeah, tomorrow night, let's raise a glass, huh? Thank you for inviting us, Andrew. Yeah, and right. thank you for helping to get the word out. Yeah, Absolutely. let's keep it going. Let's keep yeah. it going. Absolutely. All right, ladies. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. Good, good night. night. Are those women amazing or what? I can tell you that even though it may be an uncomfortable conversation for some, I for one want to dive deeper and learn more. Equity is about removing obstacles for everyone. And as a woman in construction, I experience these barriers in various ways, not only for myself, but for others as well. This shows up as bias against women and men, people of color, religious affiliation, sexual orientation, age, disability, financial status, generational branding, and so on and so on. Isn't variety the spice of life? Don't we all deserve to be treated as equal? Weren't we all taught to include everybody? I think the answer to those three questions should always be yes, but unfortunately for some, it is a no. Christy, Jennifer, and Jerry have inspired me to think of ways that I can be a better advocate in my own community, and I challenge you to do the same. It all starts with an open mind and a willingness to come together in understanding. I'd like to thank Christy Stewart, Jennifer Morales, and Jerry Harris for taking some time out and talking to me. It was a powerful conversation. And I'd like to thank you for listening to this special episode. And of course, I'd like to thank TouchPlan for their sponsorship and support of this podcast. I'm looking forward to the next one. I'm your host, Angela Highland. And just remember, we are just getting started.